Here we go again. Hi, I'm Alex Geringas, composer of Trolls The Beat Goes On, and you're listening to Comic Pop Library. I just want to run, hide it away, run because the chasing me down. I just want to run, throw it away, run before the finding me out. I just want to run. Episode of Comic Pop License to Read brought to you by Comic Pop Library. I'm Richard along with Jonathan and Logan. And in today's episode, we are going to be looking at Dakota Caldwell's book, Legacy of the Purple, the first book of the Stone Welders series. Uh, this is one that Dakota sent to us to look at. So, Dakota, thank you very much for doing that. And thank you for your patience because it takes us longer to get to the yeah. books. This one was done in 2017. Published by Lead Pyramid. So that's a different publishing company. I don't know if that's his own publishing company or a separate publishing company. But to give the description, founded upon the Mayan Empire, the stone welders have long since hidden themselves from the world. When a group of mechanically altered humans discovers their existence, technology clashes against magic and chaos ensues. Thirty years after the war ends, Daniel Potsy is perfectly content to stay on the sidelines, letting others take care of the lingering effects of the uprising. However, when old factions rise back to the surface, his entire family is drawn into the fight. Innocent or not, he must put everything on the line for them or risk losing them forever. And this is one Dakota actually does live in Kansas, so shout out there. Hey, Kansas! Mm-hmm. Nice. And I think he actually studied in Manhattan, if he's still he's studying. He's still studying so, at K-State, yes. That's pretty cool. And he's got four books under his belt. He's got a sequel to Legacy of the Purple called Legacy of the Blue. And then he has another series called Project Nomad. And the first book of that is the same title. And then the second one is Project Nomad Lair. So he's got those four books out, and I'm sure he's working on more as well. Legacy uh, of the Red? Who knows? Possible. Got Ooh, yellow, probably. too. <laughs> Got orange, I think. So, Okay, Daniel is our main character. And guess where he's a freshman at? K-State. Yep, K-State. <laughs> so he's writing what he knows about. So, hey, yeah. that's yep. all right. That's cool. And he discovers he has powers and can manipulate them. And he, he is fast. And he is up. We'll get into the color scheme of everything pretty soon. Uh, but he can move faster and slow down time around him and all that good stuff. Kind of like, you know, any speedster can. Uh, he does go to college. He's kind of the sheltered yeah. family. Really don't want to be around people. Then he goes to the big college. 
He's introduced to people. They, he gets into the D&D crowd. Video which games. Which is fine. Which he knew nothing about video games. Mm-hmm. And then and that's that. when he started realizing that there was something going on with him. Right. That was special. But he get he got more into the D and D crowd than the video game. That was just the lark that, like you said, he found out when he had the powers because he was doing the everything was moving slow and it was everybody around him was like, oh my gosh, you, you're killing it, dude. Where you know he was just able to see stuff so much faster, so mm-hmm. he was able to do all this stuff. Some of the other characters in here is Carl, is the R A. Uh, this is uh, his rival, basically, with Lily, because Lily's the love of his life, supposedly. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. and at this point, she pretty much has no interest in Daniel in the first part of the book. You have Samuel, who is a stone welder and is also at K State, because this is a nexus of some for some reason, and he is a mixed heritage, and he has he's a blue, and they, these are based on stones. And like I said, we'll kind of get into a little bit of the the colors and stones here in a bit. Uh, Carice is another student there at the university. She is a yellow, and she can alter a person's mind and make them forget what they know, so she can manipulate stuff. Caramanda, he is a professor there at K-State, and I believe he is the orange, if I remember right. And he's teaching Daniel, and they have a secret chamber under the library cool nice. <laughs> we don't have a secret chamber under this library folks so <laughs> i wish we did that would be cool true there's something called the entity which is kind of, was lonely so he created everything and in, including other dimensions so kind of like a god figure basically and he helped create he had a he created a helper named sarit and Sarit grew jealous and started reshaping some realities. So it kind of sounds like Lucifer gets mm-hmm. jealous. Mm-hmm. So you can see the, some of the religious intones there. But it's not overly religious, folks. Don't think that at all. It's more of a superhero-ish this type background. This is the background. Uh, they have Kexel. I might be pronouncing that wrong. But uh, they, came, they come from another dimension after destroying theirs. And this is the robotic type people creatures and the entity became known as the cinder because it sent gifts to the different dimensions the gifts were different power sets to help fight sarit and the excel excel however you pronounce that a group of excel helped the first stone welders in the war to help defeat the masses and sarit uh, Samuel, who is the mixed heritage he is part excel and part i guess human i guess you would say uh, enoch Eniac. He is part Eniac. And the two groups of stone welders are the Cast and the Kamahats, or Camille Hots. And these are some interesting names. It didn't slow down the pace of the book at all, but it is does lend hard to describe stuff. <laughs> Thank you, Dakota. But <laughs> the Cast believes they, have, they should rule over the humans and have absolute power. The Camillets, they believe they should help the humans behind the scenes. And that's kind of what Samuel is and the Professor Caramanda and Carice, they're kind of working behind the scenes to help humanity. Uh, Chameleons. Chameleons, yep, there you go. Chameleons, based on that. Uh, The war started and was called the Black Death. The casts were forced back into Asia and... As a last resort, they used a spell to turn their slaves into weapons, and that's where the Eniacs come in, and that's where Samuel's half Eniac was a slave, and they turned him, them into basically human weapons. Uh, let's see. 
They also have Red. We find this out because Karamanda's friend is Brockner, and he is a Red. And we also meet his wife, or Brockner's wife, who is Sula, and she is another Blue. And I think the Reds kind of have a rage issue. Hmm. They're very destructive, very powerful. I think the Blues are a little bit more calming, if I remember right. Uh, going through all this background stuff it uh, this is a thick book folks that just to give yeah. you a fair warning when you start reading this you're in for a read but it's a decent read caramenda is an arc is in the archaeology department and is looking for lost pyramids that have these stones that help them get their powers and that's there's a as basically a stone close by in the kansas area which is why that's kind of centered are... around there yeah he kind of takes a deal out of Star Wars where supposedly we don't know how Daniel has become one of these stone welders somehow somewhere in his heritage. There was mm. something going on or his parents were part of this and didn't have a clue or whatever or just turned a blind eye because they didn't want to be part of the society. But as a, as the young people, they, they're supposed to go to schools in secret cities that are around the world and learn their power sets hmm. so they can control him but he hasn't been there he's kind of like he's like oh you shouldn't exist but yet they kind of sneak him in so he can actually be part of that school and that's kind of pretty much the end of the first part this book is kind of in three parts uh the second part begins four years later so you get a time skip and samuel and daniel are graduating the academy and are basically they have to discover their way they've accepted him even though they're different at this academy uh daniel becomes a trainee to uh become a zib which is a teacher, and he's with the historian Frederick, and who has built a sentient jet. Huh. So that's kind of cool. During this second part, New York gets invaded by lizard-type creatures from Lunatech, where they have developed creatures with powers like stone welders, and they can drain the powers of the stone welders. Mm. <laughs> so it's like, ooh, we got another dimension coming in. Uh, the Camelas go to the president, expose themselves, say, we're stone welders, we're here to help defeat the invasion. And Daniel, through the fighting of these creatures from Lunatech, become, gets his stone welder name, which is Nonquizam. And, you know, he also, he has a thing for Lilia, like I said in the first book, the first book, first part. Right. And he runs to save her and protect her and brings her back to Bajakol, who, that's one of the cities to protect her, which is a no-no, because regular humans aren't supposed to know about it. And they are attacked, of course. And so to protect Lily, uh, they go out and they, of course, fight it out by golly. And, you know, they try the... They evacuate the city, and Daniel and Carice try to hide when they can't get out, but they are captured. And the second part is with them in prison. Uh, they find out about the casts are actually kind of in league with Lunatech because the casts think they should rule humans. Mm -hmm. uh, before Daniel escapes, you know, Carice is taken and uh, bad things happen to her. And Daniel has to do an unpleasant thing, which affects him as well. Uh, when they get back, uh, he finds out that, uh, let's see, we'll find it. He gets back and basically it's been quite a while. So Lily has kind of moved on. So he kind of, you know, has a friend cast a spell so Lily will forget everything that happened. Because hmm. she's moved on and he doesn't want to deal with it. So sometimes 
this Daniel kind of runs away from conflict. And pretty it's much... slightly odd that she's already moved on. Why do you need to cast <laughs> the spell? But well, she still remembers everything that happened. So he just wants to watch... issues. Legal, <laughs> legal issues. <laughs> That's a good one, Logan. But no, it wasn't quite the legal issues. It was just he couldn't deal with it. Hmm. So he just said, wipe her memory of me and everything so she's safe. Nobody will come looking for her. So he tries... It's, it's kind of running from his issues, but also trying to protect her at the same time. Uh, but then we get into the third part, and we jump another five years into the future again. And he has married... Let's see... Let's see, he has a couple of children. I'm trying to find out who he was married to. He's kind of hidden. He, he kind of goes back to the farm and hides away from all this stuff happening. And he has a couple of kids, a girl and a boy with his wife. And the third part is about Daniel finding out about, you know, his daughter and uh, the people around him. You know, the daughter is kind of taken as well and trained and he didn't want them to become part of this war or skirmish so he gets pissed off again and goes kind of goes back in there but the brother or his son actually goes to the bad side and the daughter basically comes in and helps save the day so it's it's a very big story and it's one of those where you know when you start reading it it gets it captures your imagination but this is a technical issue <laughs> I don't know if Dakota can change this or not, but the printing in this book is so tiny. It's over... Where's the book? Right there. Right in front of me. Thank you. Uh, Let me see. Just on its own, the book is 457 pages. Jonathan has seen this. I'm going to show it to Logan. (laughs) How how was your time reading this? You know, you've read some of it. I haven't really... Five or ten size font. I haven't really... I didn't really have a problem with it. However, I did have a chance to visit... tiny print you didn't have a problem with? No. You're lying. (laughs) You are lying. Especially when you're in the light. This is itty bitty. When you're... When you're trying to read... I mean, I was having trouble reading this, especially at night when I'm trying to read... Like, it's like, no, no, make this bigger. When I read, I walk and read at the same time. No, so well, that's more dangerous. This is tiny. I, I go this for is, I go no, for walks. Jonathan. And like when the sun hits it and like when you get a good lighting on there, it's not that big of a problem. Yeah, okay. You say that. Okay. <laughs> Get direct light on it. When do you ever read with direct light on anything? Not too often. Because, yes, when I had direct light on it, when I finally had to get me a light to shine directly on the words, it was a little bit easier, but it was still tiny. You can't tell me that's not tiny. From here, it is, but, like... Where's another book? Give me a regular book. How about a dictionary? There you go. Here you go. Good. Sorry about that dictionary. Is your phone all right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> We're holding up. Uh, I think that's about book. triple the size. <laughs> I mean, yes, it would probably double the size of the book. And that's probably why they had to use such a tiny font. But, dude, do your readers a favor. Eye strain, especially your older readers that yeah. are getting up in age. It's not that easy to read, especially mm-hmm. when they have bifocals or trifocals. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, lordy, B. Yeah. Well, and it like also I said, sounds kind of like it's a 
omnibus of a trilogy almost. Yeah. Um, I'll get to that here, but yes, I agree with you, Logan. There. I have actually met Dakota in person, and I've <laughs> talked to him about this, and he said that it was not his fault. And <laughs> and before you say anything, he does have a large print edition available. Oh, nice. <laughs> that should be the also, regular print. <laughs> another problem with the small print, some of the words are actually faded. Like some uh-huh. of the H's, the couple of H's, the it, middle bar is almost not there. That was... I mean, the page numbers like, are I, bigger I, than the text. Easily, and it was <laughs> it was a company that he had chose to actually print the book. And it was kind change of companies, their fault. Dakota. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, and when I brought it up to him, he was like super nice about it. He's like, "Yeah, I know, I know what's." He's like, "This is what happened. I'll explain it to you, and it's being taken care of." Well, we'll see. We haven't got this, we don't have the second book to actually see if it's been taken care of or not. But yeah, the large print edition is the regular edition, folks. Get the large print; it'll be easier for you. It might be a little bit heavier, uh, but you know, yes, that's out of Dakota's hands. To you know, I mean, yeah, that's the publisher in, and I'm sure they did have to save space. But oh lordy be, oh my gosh! <laughs> but the other thing, Logan hit on the other thing. What'd you say? Say it, it again. seems kind of like a trilogy omnibus. And see, that's one thing that I thought too, because I was when I was reading through it, and I'm not, you know, I write my own stuff, oh, yeah. but like when you're looking at another writer's, and you know, mm-hmm. once my stuff gets out, I know Dakota will probably pick it up and be the same way. He'll probably be like, "Well, this doesn't fit here, and this doesn't fit here," but oh. I felt to where like. If he's going to bring in Jade and he's going to bring in his son, that should be a separate story altogether. If he's going to, you know, talk about... <laughs> I forgot the main character's name. Daniel? Daniel. Leave Daniel and his story. Bring in the characters well, that represent Daniel. I that, actually. But. And then, you know, if you fill for a book two, bring in the book two where he actually erases his, um, the girl's mind. And then bring in book three, Jade and the Sun. Oh. And it is all about Daniel, though. I yeah. mean, it is Daniel's story. This is him and him. his legacy. Yep, it's his legacy. So I can see yeah. why he did it, how I he did see it. That. It's just, but yes, this felt more like, like it, it should have been, been a trilogy. Trilogy called so, The Legacy of Purple in the Stone Welder's Universe. There you go. And basically, kind of like Jonathan was saying, everybody's kind of been saying it in their own way. But I'll go a little bit deeper. He's a good writer. He is Don't a very good writer. Don't get us wrong. Yes. I enjoyed this book immensely, but he could have went so much deeper if this would have been a trilogy as well. Right. And he could have easily it, gotten more into oh yeah. Daniel's backstory, you know. Well, just, you know, the schooling, a little and bit more of the schooling. schooling. Right. And you see the time and skips they had. You I, know, there are those types of things as well. Here's another thing that I really didn't, I mean, like, it made sense for the character, mm-hmm. but I did not like all the gaming aspects in it. <laughs> like, for me, I, you know, the first two gaming scenes, oh, all right, cool. This, this is cool. After the third one, I'm just like, why is there so many gaming scenes? And I mean, like, I understand. It's I understand it's that college. it's college, mm-hmm. and that's, that's what he's into. Mm-hmm. But like, the gaming scenes were just a little too much for me. So I enjoyed them. 
But so it's a mixed bag. Yeah, it's a mixed bag. It's whatever you enjoy. You know, I enjoyed them. Uh, I think if April or Nathan would read this, they would enjoy it because, you know, they play yeah, they're they're gaming. gaming and stuff. They like gaming. Logan kind of mm-hmm. likes the gaming aspect. But see, like, so. I've, you know, I like gaming to an extent, but I'm not <laughs> big on Dungeons and Dragons and, you know, role playing. Yeah. Like, I can play an RPG game as long as it catches my interest. <laughs> but, like, actually sitting down and playing tabletop games where oh yeah. you're a sniper you're a dragon hunter i'm just like it's just not your cup of tea then yeah that's just it and see i don't play them but i enjoy watching other people play them and listening about them because it's fascinating because they're basically making well, their own see, book like, i'm the same way game on like rpg I, dragons, I, they're yeah. their own story their own book so it's cool like see and I, I like that aspect that he brings that in when i go to conventions and stuff Mm-hmm. I go down to the gaming room, and that's what I watch. Like, <laughs> I'm like, this is more interesting than some of the things that they're doing upstairs. Uh, but you don't like reading about it. Oh, okay, that's that. That's cool. I mean, that's it's not like I'm going to actually sit down and be like, oh, can I be? You know, well, I don't do that either. Yeah. I just enjoy it, and I enjoyed that aspect here within the book. Did enjoy that, but yes, it could have been. He could have went in a lot deeper on each of these parts and spread it out into a trilogy really easily. And if he did the same thing with Legacy of the Blue, not sure what the character is going to be. Uh, it well, could be I, a completely think, new generation I, after this. Yeah. I don't know. It could be a parallel story. We haven't read I'm it. I'm guessing semi-parallel, but It, it seems no to me clue. like if he's doing Legacy of the Blue, he's probably talking about the Blue Stone Wilder. Well, yeah, we know that. It, it just makes <laughs> So we don't know who. I don't know who. Yeah, because you know, just because be you saw a color in there, it doesn't mean that they're the only one of no, that color. It could be Samuel, but Samuel's story has kind of been told here in Legacy of the Purple. It could be the one guy's wife, who was a Sula. could be her. Or it could be somebody completely different. You know, so mm-hmm. I don't know. And it might be that he's going to have a number of Legacy ones, and they're going to eventually meet up and have the children of the true. cast of the legacy ones join in for a series of their own that is true now one of the other cool parts about this and i really liked is the robes and the helmets well when i read this they're described like jonathan just said the robes but not just the helmets they have armor yeah it's full set of armor and then they have a cape with that armor and this was well before the power rangers movie came out with their armor but when i saw the trailer for that uh, and even before I saw that trailer, I was like, this is really reminiscent of Power Rangers. Yeah. This well, is what I would see, picture Power Rangers being, having the armored up minus the cape. And then when the movie trailer came out, I was like, oh, yeah, I could see that really easily yeah. in Dakota's universe. That being the armor and just add a cape. Boof, there you and go. And see, like for me, oh. I was looking at Power Rangers Mystic Force because Power Rangers Mystic Force is, do have, like, I mean, it's not armor, but they have the cons, the, the, the yeah, helmet. And then they have the cape. And so for me, you know, if it was Power Rangers, if there was anything that influenced him by Power Rangers, I think that it would probably be like Power Rangers and Mystic Force. But that's just my opinion. (laughs) And I haven't watched Mystic Force, so I have no clue. I just, we've only watched, what, the first five? We were in, was it in space or? We watched in space. Yeah, I don't know if we watched anything after that. Not sure. No, if you guys watched in space, you guys could be ready for Lost Galaxy. Yeah, we haven't watched Lost Galaxy yet. It was last... Uh, but but this one, when I described it to Jonathan, because I was, was the first one to read it, I said, thank Power Rangers when you're doing this and you'll just have fun. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I had fun with it because I was like, oh, this is Power Rangers. <laughs> this is Power Rangers. We're having fun. So mm-hmm. it's different, but it is different. I mean, it's, I mean, the power sets are different. Everything's different, but just the look and how I imagined it in my head. And again, like I said, when the trailers for the movie came out, it was like, oh, there it is. That That's perfect. Just add a cape to that armor. There you go. This is what Dakota's characters would look like in my mind. And I, I just had a blast with this book reading it. Uh, the only knocks on it is the technical stuff, mm-hmm. small print, and the, the, the formatting, which is kind of like a technical issue. You could have done a trilogy with this easily. And I think Dakota has the imagination he could have done it easily. Oh, yeah. He has. <clears throat> so... And, and, and like I said, I've talked to him and yeah. I've looked at his other book series and he's an amazing writer. Yeah. But don't let the print and the size of the book turn you off. Pick it up, read it, because it is a good story. But yes, I would suggest getting a large print. I mean, it's just, it'll be easier reading. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, that's just plain and simple. It'll be easier reading. And it was, a, I mean, it, we had, I had a blast reading it, but it took me probably three times as long to read this than I would a normal book this size because of the print. So, you know, we do tell the authors that send us books that it's going to take us a while because we have a backlog and we got to get through everything. But this one made our backlog even longer because it took me that long to read this. So (laughs) we have a couple of others still in the backlog that we have to get out at some point in time, but we'll get there. But we finally got Dakota's knocked out because I think it's been about a year because it took me about half a year or more to read this thing i mean it it was great i enjoyed it but yeah that it was a little bit labor intensive i will say i understand the cover because they kind of go up an incan type pyramid or aztecian type pyramid when they graduate from the academy to get their diplomas for lack of a better term but the cover when i actually looked at this i thought it was going to be an indiana jones type book and then when i and even with the back it doesn't really say a whole lot it has mayan well there's mayan so it'd be a mayan temple it has mayan in there and it has the war so to me when it was said war i was like this could be a war in regular a regular world i didn't think anything about superpowers or a group of super beings and so the cover you know if you respect one story you might get it surprised by how it's starts out but again at the same time once you get into it it, it you don't put it down it was yeah i mean it's I a good it, read i read it straight through it just took me a while to read that straight through <laughs> so, uh jonathan it sounds like you agree yes so and logan you had didn't get a chance to read this because it did take us so long to read them individually so logan didn't get a chance on this one or it would have been longer dakota sorry yeah. uh just by the descriptions would it sounds fairly good actually does it yeah cool and, and i now recognize parts of the description from parts where we've been in the recording with uh, I think months ago. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, when I was kind of describing it to Jonathan, saying, oh, you'll like this, you'll like it, just think Power Rangers, you'll love it. Uh, that's what I did, and I loved it. I just mm-hmm. enjoyed it immensely. Uh, before we go on, we want to give some thank yous out. Uh, let me get my little list here, everybody. Some of the pod catchers that have picked us up are Player FM, Pod Chaser, Pod Lovin', Ubook, the Android app has picked us up, Overcast, Radio Public, Listen Notes, and Castbox. So I want to say thank you to all those podcatchers for picking up Comic Pop Library and 
giving it a chance for their listeners to listen to. So we definitely appreciate the, all the support in that regards. Uh, getting back to The Legacy of the Purple by Dakota Caldwell. This is one where I would say if a reader picks it up and you know they're not a reader reader, you might have to say, you know, get, you know, get into it and then it'll go. If they're readers, I think they won't have too much of a problem. They might look at the print and kind of go, ooh, I don't know. And if they do, if you're at a library, kind of say, well, you know, encourage them to find the read large it. print. Well, find the large <laughs> print if they can. Yeah, <laughs> encourage them to find the large print. But if you don't, if you just have the regular print, encourage them to give it a try because if they like the sci-fi superhero type stuff, they will enjoy it. So this one might take a little bit of a push for people because a lot of times you know the cover catches a reader's interest but they also the second thing they do is open the book and what do they look at print size Hmm. so that could deter some people if a librarian sees somebody looking at this you know step over there and make a comment say that is actually a great book you would probably enjoy that one if you're into this sci-fi superhero type stuff you know, make so, sure to specify that because that is not what the cover gives you. Well, true. It kind of gives you the, a little bit different, a, kind of an adventure type story, Indiana Jonesies. Mm-hmm. But even at that, you know, the print might discourage some readers uh, because some of them will look at that and say, oh, I can read a couple of books in this one. But if somebody would go over there and be an advocate for the book and tell them, yes, mm-hmm. check it out, you'll enjoy it. I think they will. It's really inventive, very satisfying read. I enjoyed it. So I would encourage libraries to pick it up. If you're a smaller library, you might interlibrary loan it. But if you're a medium to larger one, I would say, you know, put it on your shelves. It's an independent author. He's doing some nice work, uh, giving some love. You know, every little bit helps these independent authors. Uh, and they're doing good work. And, you know, mm-hmm. I've found out that by reading some of these independents, there's stuff, you know, bestsellers are the same way. You have your great stuff, you have your mediocre stuff, and then you have some stuff that's kind of like, okay, it, it's a read. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's the same way in the independent market. You have your great stuff, meat stuff, and eh, it's a read. So, but this one I enjoyed immensely. I had fun with it. What about you, Jonathan? You kind of read this a little bit. Where do you think placing it? Do you think it would be a young adult or an adult? Uh, it's it's kind of a, I don't know. I, I feel like it's a young adult. Get a little bit more young yeah, adult feel? I believe so. Okay. Because it's kind of like a coming of age story to where, you know, he starts college. Right. And he meets the first love of his life. And then it kind of continues on. And I'd still say that was a young adult novel because they bring in his kids. Right. Okay. Because so, it's kind of, for me, it's right on that cusp. Yeah. It could go either way. but I, So I can definitely see it as a young adult. And that's why I wanted to see where your opinion fell on it. So I can, I can go with that very easily. So very cool. I think that's going to probably do it for us this go around. Uh, Dakota, we want to thank you again for sending us the reader copy enjoyed the book really enjoyed it i appreciate you doing that for the comic pop everybody out there check out the legacy of the purple he has a second book out legacy of the blue in the stone welder series he also has his other series called project nomad there's two books in it as well you can pick them up off amazon uh, they've just been recently released in 2017 and i think the legacy of the blue is his newest one and it was just released in 18 so check them out i I think you'll enjoy his works. All right. We hope everybody has enjoyed listening to us. We've had fun with Dakota's Legacy of the Purple. We'll catch everybody on the flip side. Bye now. Bye. See ya. 
Thank you for listening to Comic Pop Library. We welcome your comments and suggestions by emailing us at admin at comicpoplibrary.com. All emails submitted become the property of Comic Pop Library and are subject for use in our show. We would also appreciate it if you would spread the word about Comic Pop Library by posting about us on Twitter, Facebook, or just tell someone about us. This podcast is not endorsed by any publisher, distributor, or studio and it is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. The views and comments of the show hosts are their own and are not reflective of any business, entity, or organization associated with ComicPopLibrary.com.